This episode of This Is My Bourbon Podcast is brought to you by The Restillery. Hello everyone, I'm Perry and this is My Bourbon Podcast. Welcome back for another episode. So happy that you guys are here Got something a little bit different for you this week. I am going to be chatting with Mike, who is the cocktail manager, the bar manager at Angel's Envy. And it is a super wonderful, uh, incredible conversation that I got to have with him. So definitely stick around for that. I'll be back with you in just a little bit, too, to talk about our sponsor. Enjoy. So I'm sitting down here at the Angel's Envy Distillery in Louisville, Kentucky, and sitting with me is the bar manager at the distillery here. Mike, welcome to the show. Thank you for having me, Perry. Absolutely. So how long have you been working with Angel's Envy? I've been with Angel's Envy since March of 2018. So I'm a newbie, I guess you could say. (laughs) And how'd you kind of get into bourbon? Ooh, got into bourbon. Let's see. Well, I've been bartending for way too long about 18 years oh man bartending my way through college so that was my my experience early in the industry but it wasn't really till i got to new york um many years ago uh opened up a place called pork slope in brooklyn you've opened up your own place well it was you know i was one of the bartenders (laughs) opening the place but uh, it was a whiskey centric bar in brooklyn and um the owner was all about whiskey. He loved That's whiskey great. in and out. We had hundreds of bottles. Uh, we had a hundred shot club where we encouraged everybody to not necessarily take shots, although that was part of it, but <laughs> we encouraged everybody to try new things because you didn't want to get somebody coming in asking for the same thing over and over and over again. Right, so yeah. it was come in, try a new whiskey, try something new. And we write your name down, and then you get your name on a plaque once you reach 100 different things That's to try. That's so cool. Yeah, so it was, it was great for our guests. But one yeah. thing that it did for us is it exposed us to a lot of new whiskeys. Sure, and I, I, I'm sure that you had to learn everything that was on the shelf, too. Absolutely. Right? So what, what was kind of your daily routine then when you were working there? Were, were you, like, trying you know, everything new that would come in all the time? Or you trying like three to four in one day? Or what was your... Well, when I first started, it was it was pretty much look on the shelf, look and see what, what the owner had put up there and go, wow, what is that? I've <laughs> never seen that bottle. I was being exposed to all sorts of new cool things. Sure. So I was like a kid in a candy store. It was never tried that bottle. I'm going to try that. Or <laughs> I'm going to try that at the end of the shift. And if I didn't know about something, it was... Ask and find out. Yeah. So it was a, a, a awesome learning experience. I, I had a conversation recently with uh, one, one of my bourbon buddies about how he kind of misses that almost innocent feeling of going into the store and going, oh, I've never had that bottle before. I never had that bottle before because we're so well, we're, we're so engrossed in this culture now that there's so few things, even with the craft, the, the craft market, you know, blowing up the way that it has. There are so few things where we're kind of surprised when we go into 
stores or go to bars and, and see things that we may never have had before. Um, but do you, do you kind of find that you miss that too? Or are you? Uh, I don't. Yeah, <laughs> I don't. And, and, and I'll, let, let me let me clarify. I don't because I don't experience that because that's one awesome thing about the industry right now yeah. is that whether it's bourbon or other spirits or something from another category or something all new that people are dreaming up because people are dreaming up spirits that you really can't categorize right now. There is always yeah. something new out there. There's so much stuff out there. Like once you go to a larger market and you're working with these little smaller boutique distributors and they're bringing in stuff from this odd little corner of South Africa or something like that, yeah. there's so much stuff out there to try. So, no, I don't feel like that. <laughs> I, I'm actually encouraged by it and I'm excited by it because there's just so many cool things out there to try. What, what do you tend to, if you're not drinking Angel's Envy, gravitate towards? If, if I'm not drinking Angel's Envy, uh, I do lean toward beer. Yeah? Yeah, I'm a big beer guy. Awesome. Um, but I, I enjoy everything. That's the beautiful thing about this industry, once yeah. again, is just the variety. Absolutely. Absolutely. So let, let's chat a little bit, too, just about Angel's Envy as is. It's so unique in its flavor profile. And it, it is something that consistently you don't really find on the, the general market right now, that finished bourbon. What do you find interesting, the most interesting at the very least, about uh, the Angel's Envy flavor profile? It's very soft. It has a very nice soft profile. That yeah. port finish really rounds things out. You get a little bit of fruitiness. Uh, it's not quite as harsh as a lot of other bourbons out there. So I, I certainly think in that respect, it lends itself to working in cocktails yeah. uh, very well. Um, but being that port finished bourbon, it, it just it stands out among everything else. Yeah, and and what do you kind of lean more towards then with your cocktails when you're crafting around Angel's Envy? Oh well, Angel's Envy, it, it's a versatile spirit. Uh, I just let my imagination run wild. I don't really try to pigeonhole myself into a certain category because sure. you can use it for anything really. I mean, here at the distillery, we've used Angel's Envy in. Tiki cocktails, we've used it in, you know, very spirit-forward, stirred cocktails inspired by classics. Um, we've used it for hot cocktails. We've used it for all sorts of things. So it, you, there's no end in sight as to <laughs> the possibilities. Well, let's, let's back up a little bit, too, and talk about you personally as a, as a mixologist. You said that you spent, you spent 18 years of your life being a bartender, right? When you say it like that, it's, it's just... <laughs> I don't mean that in a, <laughs> in a negative way by any means, but... No, I know, I know. So, so you've had almost... Man, I'm, I'm going to try to stay away from using <laughs> large number words, which I know is a terrible way of phrasing that, but you spent almost two decades crafting, you know, or, or perfecting your craft. What have you learned about that, and what have you found out about yourself kind of as a creator as a crafter of cocktails wow well god when i started making drinks years and years and years ago uh we were using sweet and sour you know this was yeah this was back in the day this was way before this was in austin texas and this was way before the craft cocktail movement had trickled down to any parts of the country outside of pretty much new york yeah and 
it was sweet and sour margaritas. You know, using fresh <laughs> lime juice in in a margarita was unheard of. You know, you kind of turn your nose up at people that did that. You know, sure. We were doing all sorts of flavored syrups that were prepackaged and things like that. And ooh, you just shudder to think at the <laughs> things that that you used to do. And um, and I'm sure it got a little boring after a while too, right? We just didn't know any better at sure. that point. That that was the the crazy thing that. That's what it was. It was beer and simple, simple drinks, very sweet stuff, fake, prepackaged, this and that. Just because we didn't know any better. We thought yeah. we were making great drinks. And it's not until I moved to New York a few years after that and started being exposed to people who really took their craft seriously, being exposed to higher quality spirits, uh, being exposed to people that were making their own syrups and bitters and yeah. crafting all sorts of ingredients for their drinks that kind of opened up this world to me. And ever since then, it's just been learn, 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 because at this point you have to constantly be learning to keep up with the industry. Yeah. What, what kind of inspires you then uh, to further your craft or to continue, you know, producing things that you feel are of high quality as a mixologist? Wow, what inspires me? <laughs> Again, it's the high quality and the variety of things that can be found out there. Um, the beautiful thing about working here at the Angels Envy Distillery is that I can find um, things like toasted buckwheat in Japan and figure out how to use that in a drink. I can find, you know, ube purple potatoes from Asia that kind of taste like bourbon or, or like birthday cake whenever you cook them. That's and then you crazy. figure out a way to use those in a cocktail and, and kind of branching out with your culinary expertise and finding new flavors from throughout the world, uh, finding new spirits and figuring out how those work with Angel's Envy. That's inspiring right there. That's really cool, actually. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, the, the ability to, you know, kind of go, oh, I want to take this and that and, and pull it from, from all different places. I mean, that, in essence, just kind of shows, like, the, the world is kind of your toy box and you can do yeah, absolutely. <laughs> whatever you want to with it. It, it really is just, just keeping, keeping your sort of ear to the pulse of, of what's going on in the industry. You know, what are people finding that's new? Um, eating out at places that are going to expose you to different flavors and different ingredients that you've never used. And when you can find those sort of very particular ingredients from throughout the world, or you hear somebody talking about it, or you find an article that mentions something that you've never heard of, yeah. my first thing is to put everything else on pause and figure out what that is. Right. And then I want to get it. And then I usually, <laughs> you know, I, I can't plug a certain company, but, you know... <laughs> I get it mailed to me. Sure. And I figure out how I can use it in a drink. Do you kind of make cocktails on your own, like at home? Are you experimenting with them? Or does it kind of feel like bringing work home with you? It doesn't. Um, if I do make cocktails at home, it's usually for R&D, research and development, for Angels MV menus that we're working on. Uh, we do seasonal menus here at the distillery so we try to change things up every three months or so yeah. and put something new out for our guests that come through on tour here at the distillery mm -hmm. and uh usually whenever 
we're doing our, our research and development for those menus, I will try to make some ingredients at home and kind of play around with flavor pairings and try to find things that work. Yeah. And then I'll bring them into the distillery and start working of like kind of officially from there. Yeah. How, how much do you do uh, like, like cocktail and food pairing? Well, we've done uh, a couple of, of finishing dinners here at the distillery where uh, we brought in some local restaurant partners and uh, we sat some guests down and we did uh, four-course food pairing. So we've certainly had some experience with that here at the distillery. And uh, we have great cocktail classes um, that we teach every yeah. Thursday. Uh, we have three different kinds. We have a, a Henderson class where we teach our version of the old-fashioned called the Henderson. We have a rye cocktail class and and that those cocktails change from class to class. Mm -hmm. And then we have a behind-the-bar class, which is a very interactive class where we get guests actually behind the bar, shaking their own drinks, wow. stirring, scooping their own ice, really kind of feeling what it feels yeah. like to be a bartender. And we pair all of that with small bites from our local catering partners. Very cool. Very cool. Well, you, you mentioned, too, just a second ago that you do seasonal cocktails, too. And we're... Get it into the throes of the holiday season and everything starting to cool down outside. So, what's on the menu then at the Angels Envy Distillery for your your holiday cocktails, your winter cocktail menu? Well, our winter cocktail menu we're actually going to debut right at the end of December. Uh, we're currently in the throes of our fall menu, um, so we launched that last month, and I I, I have to say. I'm probably most proud of this menu, of all the menus that we've done. Good for you, man. Uh, I think it really features uh, the strengths of our cocktail specialists and the strengths of Angel's Envy Bourbon. Um, we have two sort of refreshing, bright, shaken cocktails with those fall flavors, and then we've got two darker, stirred cocktails with similar kind of spices. So we've got everything from plums and pears to banana wow. caramel, to coffee, to cinnamon and cacao, to cranberries and five spice. Lots of different flavors to Man. work with. Lots of different cool things to offer our guests on tour. That's awesome. That's awesome. What, what are some of, I meant to ask you this earlier, too. What are some of your favorite craft cocktails? Ooh. Well, let's see. <laughs> I would definitely say I, I'm a Negroni fan, first of all. Oh, uh, wow. Negroni, because, A, because it's easy. Sure. It's such an easy drink to make, and it's so delicious. It's one of those things that I love to start with mm -hmm. when I'm I'm starting a meal, because you get those bitter flavors, and they make you salivate. And when you get when you start salivating, you get hungry. It right. like naturally starts getting your appetite going. Yeah. So, uh, I usually go for a Boulevardier, which is a great bourbon riff on yeah. that. So use some Angels Envy bourbon with some Campari and Sweet Vermouth and make a delicious Boulevardier. So I make those at home a lot because I have just a little bit of Angels Envy at home <laughs> and just a little bit. I'm Campari. sure that there's just, you know, a, a little bit there, here and there. Yeah. Around, yeah. Yeah. So that, that's one of my favorites, certainly. Outside of that, if I want something super refreshing, I, I do love a good daiquiri. Uh, I do love, uh, you know, a good whiskey smash or something like that. Yeah. Like I was saying, for the fall cocktail menu, I'm, I'm very proud of it. Um, I'm particularly proud of um, a drink called the Wind Waker. 
which uh, we did sort of a video game theme. I was going to say, is menu. there a Zelda theme to that? Yeah, we okay, do little great. themes. We don't good, we good. don't usually throw them right out there and make it obvious, <laughs> but we have Grand Theft Auto on there This <laughs> for this menu. We have a Falcon Punch. We have a Mario Brothers, and then we have the Wind Waker. That's fantastic. And I, I think the Wind Waker is the most impressive of the bunch. Um, it's the first cocktail that one of our cocktail specialists, Titus Teague, has ever had on a menu. And... Wow. I'm very proud of him for coming up with it. Um, he took some Ugandan coffee beans, infused them into the Angel's Envy Port Finished Bourbon, and then he took some Brennivin Aquavit, which is... I'm already salivating, by the way. Yeah, so, so Aquavit, <laughs> it's an Icelandic spirit. Or this particular one is Icelandic. Flavors of caraway and dill. It's one of those, those spirits that they really drink during those cold, harsh winter months. It's very warming. Uh, and then he's got some Fino Sherry, which is a very, very light style of sherry. And then he's got some uh, banana caramel in there, which he created. Wow. Goes very nicely on pancakes, by the way. Ooh. Um, and, yeah, it, you take some Martini and Rossi Rubino Vermouth to round everything out with some fruitier, more sandalwood and kind of rosehip notes. And he was stirring this cocktail one day. It was the first time he'd come up with it. And I tasted it. And... I was blown away. I didn't say anything, and I turned around to my other cocktail specialist, Alex, and I said, Alex, you need to try this. And he took a quick taste, and he just he, he immediately looked up and had this completely blank stare on his face of, like, shock. And was <laughs> just immediately was like, I love it. I want it all. I, I want that drink right That's now. So I just, cool. I love it. And Titus took it a step further. He, he, he's one that just, he keeps trying to take it to perfection. And he took it a step further and, and said, what if, I, what if I throw this cocktail? And throwing is a technique where um, it, it, it's actually an old um, rum cocktail technique is where it started, started in the Caribbean. Interesting, okay. And um, you basically take a little bit of the liquid in one tin and pour it slowly from an increasing height to another tin. And it's used to gently aerate a cocktail. So... When you shake a cocktail, you're aerating it, but you're also adding a whole lot of air to it right. and a whole lot of water when you shake. Yeah. So if you want to do that to uh, a drink with something like vermouth and sherry in it where you're trying to really bring out those botanicals, throwing is a great technique to use. So you could throw a Negroni, for an example, mm -hmm. or a Boulevardier, and it'll give it a different texture, and it'll yeah. bring out some different flavors. So he tried throwing it one day and put it in front of me, and I tasted it, and it was a completely different cocktail. It was even better. Wow. And I was just blown away that he'd thought of it, first of all. And I let the, the drink sit there for a bit, and it's one of those that as it sits, it just changes. Sure. So you taste it, and then it sits and warms up and just gets better and better and better. It's just a, it's a phenomenal, very, very dynamic. Step in there, Perry. But it's Perry. And we gotta talk about our sponsor for the week, the Restillery. So the Restillery is a wonderful lamp company that builds these lamps out of used bourbon bottles. And Davin and the group over there, they do a fantastic job, something I can attest to because they have made and sent to me my very own Restillery lamp, which is built out of a Blanton's bottle, it sits on top of a barrel head and is surrounded by 
the Blanton's corks. So it spells out Blanton's. Anyway, um, super great guys, wonderful, wonderful craftsmen. If you want to check out their work, you need to head over to, uh, inst- uh, excuse me, social media. And by following them at the Restillery. So for sure, go and check them out. You absolutely should. And back on with the show. The mic's all set up to uh, introduce me to... This is going to be the Wind Waker, This right? is the Wind Waker. Fantastic. Yes. Zelda-inspired and all. <laughs> well, man, I can't wait to try it. I'm going to let you kind of walk through... Um, how this is all made for the, for the listeners too, and yeah, absolutely. So uh, Titus wanted to call it the Wind Waker because it is, of course, infused with some Ugandan coffee beans. So it does have that little natural element to wake you up. So what we're gonna do is we're gonna take a little Angel's Envy bourbon infused with some Ugandan coffee beans. We're gonna add that to a shaker tin. And keep in mind, we're not going to be shaking this cocktail. Next, we're gonna take a little bit of Brinvin Aquavit. With those caraway and dill flavors. Throwing that in there. Next, a little Martini and Rossi Rubino Vermouth. This has a nice bitter finish to it, but some fruity notes right up front. And some great botanicals that really come out from that throwing technique. And then a touch of Fino Sherry which is very light, has some minerality, some salinity to it. You'll often see Spanish drinking Fino Sherry, Manzanillo Sherry, as kind of like they would a white wine. And then, last but not least, we're going to throw in a little bit of banana caramel that we've made here in the Angel's Envy Distillery. Which I think I'm most excited for because it sounds fantastic, but... Don't worry, I'll let you try it on its own. (laughs) I don't have any pancakes, though, so... Oh, dang but I do have something almost as good. All right, so you have everything in a shaker tin. We're going to add a scoop of ice to that. There's some great sound effects going on right now. This is very cool. All right, then you can take a julep strainer, which if you think Hawthorne strainers, that's usually the one that's with the... Uh, um, the, the tight coiled wire that right. goes around it. You see most people using in a shaker yeah. tin. The, the julep strainer is the large spoon looking thing with a lot of holes in it. So you're going to take that and set that into that smaller tin. And we're going to have Titus actually come over and throw this cocktail for us. Come on, Titus. Don't be shy. <laughs> Putting you right on the spot. <clears throat> All right, so Titus is basically going to take the ingredients in that first shaker tin, and he's gonna hold them up about head height. And he's slowly going to pour the ingredients from one shaker tin using that julep strainer to hold in the ice into the other shaker tin as he slowly lowers that other shaker tin down. What's the benefit of lowering the, the tin as opposed to raising the other one that it's being drained from? A- it's a little bit easier. It keeps you from spilling as much. Because when you're, when you're doing this, 
what you're trying to do is keep your eye on the tin that you're lowering as opposed to the tin that you're holding up at head height. Gotcha. And you will see in some bars, you will see people going from side to side and big flourishing arcs with this. Once you get really, really good with this, you can get very fast and you can essentially throw it sideways from one cocktail tin to another. Gotcha. Cool. And you'll do about three or four times and that'll, A, it's going to add a little bit of dilution to the drink. B, it's going to aerate the drink and it's going to chill the drink. So again, this isn't something that you would want to do with something that has citrus in it citrus drinks you typically want to shake because they've got those acidic uh, components that you really want to wake up that shaking uh, and aerating at that level is really going to wake that that citrus up but with something like this like I said with vermouths or sherries things like that with those delicate botanicals it's an interesting technique and an alternative technique to stirring that will bring out some different flavors than you might if you stirred it absolutely very cool so as far as presentation for, for this cocktail, what kind of glasses are it going to be served in? So we keep some frozen Nick and Nora glasses in our freezer. So once he's done with that, thank you, Titus. Thank well you, Titus. Well played, sir. <laughs> and he's done. So you just pour that directly from that tin into the Nick and Nora. You see that nice little layer of thin, tight bubbles on top? Yes. Now... What we're doing for a garnish on this guy is we're taking a fresh banana, slicing it, and then we've created a kind of simple syrup from sugar and fall spices like allspice, cardamom, clove, peppercorn, things like that. And uh, what we've created is what Titus has coined as the funk master sauce. So we're gonna <laughs> we're gonna dip that banana into the funk master sauce, and then we're gonna take a chef's torch. We're going to turn on that chef's torch, and we're going to brulee that banana. So cool. And as you do this, you're going to hear it sizzle, and you're going to smell those notes from the spices and the sugar really coming out. It, it complements so well, too, just the, the banana. I mean, just the straight-up banana smell. Absolutely. That comes off of it, too. And the beautiful thing about using the port finished angels envy bourbon in this is that you get that those fruity soft notes in the bourbon sure. and they just work so well with everything else that's going on in this cocktail it's a super complex delicious fall cocktail menu it's beautiful at too. the distillery well man i gotta say it looks dang delicious and it's just a beautiful presentation too i mean i i love a well-presented cocktail yeah it's very simple uh you know sometimes it's fun to to really go over the top and do those garnishes that just really pop on a glass and and you you know you can go crazy with but sometimes simplicity is just the best option yeah absolutely and that that is really well complemented too by the complexity that is present in the actual cocktail itself too so absolutely i'm gonna give it a shot i'm curious Cheers. cheers oh my gosh as it continues to, to pass over my tongue, too, it just is continually evolving throughout. And that is a very complex and flavorful drink. Yeah, and like I said, as it sits, it'll warm up and it will change. 
yeah. different things will come out and will be a completely different cocktail in five minutes and then ten minutes. Well, I'm going to give it so five. So don't drink too fast. I was going to say, I'm going to give it five and ten minutes then to, to kind of aerate. Awesome, man. You, you mentioned earlier to your, uh, your cocktail specialists. Mm-hmm. What's your relationship with them? How do you, do you get to do a whole lot of collaborating with them? Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. That's for me. That's, that's how a bar team comes together and works is collaboration. Uh, I basically ask them what they want to do. I ask them if there's anything that I can get for them that's new, that's exciting. You know, what do you need to help execute the idea sure. that you've come up with? You know, what do you want to play around with? And for me, uh, getting back to what I was saying about the, the really cool stuff that's out there these days, the cool flavors, the cool ingredients that you can work with, it's asking my cocktail specialists, you know, what's out there that you've seen that you're interested in? Do you want me to get some of that in? You know, what can I get for you yeah. to really help stretch you, to make you grow, to help you find new ways to create cocktails, to create, you know, new flavor pairings that you didn't know existed? It's, you know, I try to push them. A, a little bit. Sure. I, I try not to give them all of the answers. I try to have them get there through their own means. Sure. Because that means that they're going to make mistakes and they're going to come up with some really terrible stuff along the way. <laughs> and I speak from experience. I've come up with some really terrible stuff along the way. Probably for every one really good cocktail that you come up with, you come up with 10 really terrible drinks. Sure. So it's, it's kind of helping them sort of navigate and find their way to that really good drink without giving them the answer, without saying, this is what it is. Yeah. This is what you should do. It's, think about this. What about this? Yeah. Have you tried doing something like this? And then just sort of helping them kind of lean in the right direction. Sure. So ab- absolutely, collaboration is a, a, a huge part of this. When we sit in our meetings, we talk about, you know, for instance, what we want our next menu theme to be. We get to laugh about that and come up with some fun, creative things to do, um, which, by the way, our winter menu is going to have an awesome theme. We nailed that one last <laughs> night. We're all very excited about it. Um, but then from there, it's it's having everybody taste each other's drinks along the way and go, well, maybe not that, this, maybe not this, that, yeah. and so on and so forth. So it's, it's a collective honing down to figure out exactly what's going to go on the menu. Right. Yeah, this is just delicious. I'm still kind of trying to process all of the, all the flavors that are pulling through too. So, what's kind of in your in your future then, um, as as the bar manager here at at Angels Envy? Well, the the beautiful thing right now about the bourbon industry in general is that it's growing. I mean, look at where it was ten years ago. Kind of like if you look at where the cocktail industry was. 10, 20 years ago, whenever I first started bartending, it's just been on a steep upward climb. And bourbon's doing the same thing. It's a steep upward climb. There's really no telling how high it's going to go. So here at the Angels Living Distillery, we're doing the same thing. It's a steep upward climb for us. Look at where this brand was when it started, and now look at where Angels Envy is now. We're in high demand just about everywhere. People are running out of product. Because they can't keep it on the shelves. It's phenomenal. We're, we have a phenomenal pour-finished bourbon. And then yep. we have a Caribbean rum cask-finished rye. Which is incredible. Which is honestly the thing that really drew me to this brand. It was, yeah. it was one of those moments that 
I'll never forget the first time I tried that rye. I remember where I was. I remember who gave it to me. And I, I'll never forget it. It was just unlike anything I'd ever tasted in terms of rye whiskey. First, first time I tried it, I was standing about there. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Because <laughs> we had just gotten done with the, with the tour yeah. here. And we were like, oh, I've heard so many good things about this rye. I'm going to have to try it. And sure enough, it was just amazing. I have a bottle at home, too, that I've been kind of saving for special occasions because it was so good. And I was like, I want to save that. I want to save that. But Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. yeah it's, it's that beautiful one that I, I'll, I'll finish off a meal with Angel's Envy Rye Whiskey. And it's probably the only rye that I would finish a meal with. Yeah, definitely. Because it's, you know, those beautiful dessert notes, molasses, brown sugar. Mm-hmm vanilla hazelnut this, this is the perfect time of year too i feel like for that rum oh absolutely I mean, it it every time that i think of it i just automatically think of all of those standard like christmas flavors you know quote unquote christmas flavors that you associate with you know this time of year and I, i'm looking forward to to breaking it out <laughs> again yeah. here coming up in the in the next couple of weeks yeah 100 um, percent. and you know we've got rye downstairs in our visitor center you know, available. So come grab some, you know, buy some for your, your, your uncle, you know, that you're going to yeah. see that like once a year at Christmas, <laughs> it's a perfect Christmas gift to, you know, stay on his good side. Definitely. One of those beautiful things to grab or get a <laughs> gift card for him or something like that. Poor guy. You have to fight to be on your uncle's good side. Uh, you know, it just depends <laughs> on the uncle. Everybody's got that one crazy uncle you're not sure about. Uh, Mike, one more question before we, we wrap up here. And I, uh, what, what's kind of on the horizon as far as the cocktails in coming in 2019 as well? Um, are you all kind of looking at planning those right now, or are you wait, waiting for the, the holiday rush to kind of end? There's, there is no waiting. <laughs> you can't wait. If you wait, it's just it's upon you, and you're suddenly behind. We actually we had our very first uh, winter menu planning meeting yesterday. So the cocktail specialists and I sat down and we started talking about ideas for our winter menu. And we have some phenomenal ideas for what's coming in late December. Um, Probably right at the turn of the year, we'll change our menu. Like late December, early January, we'll run it through March probably. Um, And we're going to be doing some things that we haven't done here in in the finishing room bar at the distillery. Uh, We're going to be really sort of stretching our limits and it's it's very ambitious okay. what our plan is sure. and uh, i'm really really excited to get everyone in here and for our guests who are on tour coming into the bar trying our cocktails i'm really excited to see them you know really take these in and see how they react sure awesome mike thank you so much for sitting down with me i appreciate it it's been a great time absolutely thank you very much for yes, having sir. me cheers especially Mike, for making this happen. It was a lot of fun, like I said, and a great conversation with him. And uh, let me tell you, those cocktails were absolutely fantastic. And I highly recommend that you go and check them out if you're ever in Louisville, because they do wonderful things uh, with their cocktail program. So, yeah, that's about it for this week. 
if you would like to follow up with me on social media, you can follow me personally at prader1492. You can also follow the show at my bourbon pod on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. Please give the show a five-star rate and review on iTunes. That really helps us out. I, I, I don't think that people really understand that um, that's one of the ways that, that people find us uh, the, the easiest. So for sure, go and do that. If you want to check out our apparel and merch, you can head to bourbonshop.threadless.com. That sale that is being run in celebration of the one-year anniversary of the podcast is going to be going up until the end of the year, too. So that's perfect, of course, for you know the bourbon lovers in your life. You can buy some uh, sweet shirts for them. If you head to patreon.com slash mybourbonpodcast for as little as a dollar a month, you can help me go every week with the show and to reach new listeners and you get to become a part of a really great community of, of fans of the show and I put up stuff on there every week we talk about you know what's going to be going on on the, the podcast and the live stream you get exclusive video content too uh, we just recorded an episode that was live streamed for the patrons as well so if that's something that interests you you can definitely go and check that out. Again, that's patreon.com slash podcast. That about does it. I just want to say thank you all again for listening in. Thanks to the Restillery for being the sponsors uh, this week. I'll see you next week. But until then, I'm Harry, and this is my Bourbon Podcast. <laughs>